there's a column for that A1, A2, B5, B6, A, B9. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We know those are cells. Hi, thanks so much for joining us for our eighth episode of There's a Column for That. I'm your host, author, storyteller, and podcaster, Jamie Beth Cohen. Today on the show, I'm so lucky to have the phenomenal writer, Disha Filia. We talk Pittsburgh, we talk writing, we talk spreadsheets, and we talk horror movies. I spoke to Disha during the lead-up to the National Book Awards ceremony, for which her debut collection, The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, was shortlisted. The award has since been announced and Secret Lives did not win, but you should absolutely buy this book immediately if you have not already done so. It is at once incandescent and relatable, and the characters, while not always the best versions of themselves, are treated with such amazing empathy. It's a real masterclass. I'm so honored that Disha took the time to talk to me, and I'm so glad she loves spreadsheets. Many authors do, and I'll be talking to a few more in coming shows. For those of you new to There's a Column for That, please have a look at our earlier shows. I'm particularly proud at the Thanksgiving Gantt chart episode from November 20th, and it was fun seeing lots of Thanksgiving spreadsheets on Twitter this past week. Also thrilled to report that people are starting to reach out to me for help with their own spreadsheet projects. I love being a resource for people who are looking to get more organized. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at column underscore pod and please be in touch. My chat with Disha was recorded on November 11th and we're releasing it on November 30th. Please remember to wear your mask. Black Lives Still Matter, and Joe Biden is the president-elect. Hi, Disha. Welcome to There's a Column for That. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you live, how you identify, what line of work Mm -hmm. you're in? Do you have hobbies or passions that take up a lot of your brain space that could be unrelated to spreadsheets? Anything you want the listeners to know, feel free to answer any or all of those questions. Okay, so I'm Disha Filia. And I live in Pittsburgh, but I'm a native of Jacksonville, Florida. And so I have mixed feelings Pittsburgh. about that. I'll just tell you right now. Wait, but- what are the mixed feelings? I mean, because like I'm from Pittsburgh, but don't live there. And you're not from Pittsburgh and you do live there. So I have like this jealousy thing and this. Please thing. come take this city. I don't want it anymore. Oh, Please take no. your city back. Oh, no. It is, well, it's like, yeah, oh, that's no. another story. Okay, that's so, another story. <laughs> but okay. I, I've been here since... 1997. I've lived here longer than I lived in Jacksonville, but I still very much see myself as a Southerner. And, you know, and so um, I, and, and I write about places in the South in my fiction, that noise you hear is my pug fudge. Um, And uh, I'm a writer, (laughs) dog, she's fine. She just has chronic bronchitis. And of course, as soon as we hit record. Um, So writing is my work, but it's also my passion. I'm trying to think of what I do that takes up brain space that's not related to writing. Probably not much. Um, Just, you know, trying not to catch COVID right now. Um, And I identify as a Black woman. Fabulous. Well, thank you for being here. Let's dig into Pittsburgh right here, right now, before we get (sighs) off track with spreadsheets. Okay. So you came in 97. Why? Yeah. My ex-husband is from Bellevue. Do you know Bellevue? I do know Bellevue. So he and I met uh, in college at Yale 
And after Yale, we stayed in Connecticut for a little while. We were in New York for a little while, then back to Connecticut. And that pace of life just wasn't for us. And especially when we wanted to start having a family. Um, and we married young. We married a year out of college. We, when we wanted to have a family, we knew we wanted to be near family as well. And so I didn't want to go back to Jacksonville. Um, and he got, ended up getting a job here. And so we came back. And I've been here ever since. And we are co-parenting now that we are divorced. And our kids are, uh, one just turned 17 and one will be 22 next month. So um, co-parenting, I think, is forever. But um, I'm in Pittsburgh, at least until my youngest daughter graduates high school. And then I'm out of here. And you can come back. Well, so I feel the same way. I'm in (laughs) Lancaster until my youngest child graduates high school. Unfortunately, he's in third grade. Oh God. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, there are, there are some good things about Lancaster. I would much mm-hmm. prefer to be in Pittsburgh. I have a friend who lives there and he just recently biked like the whole map. He biked, I think every street. In, I don't know. Can you bike every street in Lancaster? Yeah. Maybe it's like some, yeah. He yeah. did that. Wow. That's all I really know about Lancaster. It's an interesting place. It's a really interesting place. Yeah. And I feel compelled to ask you where your ex went to high school, just because that's a Pittsburgh thing to do. Northgate. Northgate. Why do I know that? I still know that. I still know his social security number. Don't tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. I mean, knowing his social security number all these years later feels like a really good segue into how do you interact with spreadsheets in your work and or your life. I did not make a spreadsheet to prepare for this podcast, but I did make a list because I had to like think about it. I use them a lot um, without really thinking, you know, anything of it. I, I use Word documents as a writer, obviously. Um, but here's some of the ways that I use spreadsheets. Um, I Right now I'm on a virtual book tour and I keep track of my tour schedule on a spreadsheet that I shared with my publicist. And then, you know, so I'm in there all day long because, uh, you know, things are being scheduled. And even if I'm scheduling a dentist appointment, I still need to see like what's going on or scheduling new events. Um, and then sharing it uh, with the publicist that he can make little promotions and look into things for me and contact information on there. So um, we started putting at the beginning, I put like type of tour back, I don't know, when I thought we might go outside. So every type of event is virtual. Every event is virtual at this point. Um, You know, but I have columns that say, you know, whether it's Zoom or Facebook Live or, you know, whatever it is, the time, date, all of that. So just, you know, I think all of my spreadsheets are kind of basic. So I, I don't know about your other guests, but I will say that I'm like a basic bitch when it comes to spreadsheets, because there's all these bells and whistles and things I never heard of until I saw your question. So I was like, oh, I'm really basic. Okay, which is fine. Well, we talk about that a lot because, and I feel really passionately about this, Mm -hmm. people who like and use spreadsheets Mm -hmm. know how to use them for what they like and use them for. And you don't, Mm -hmm. there are people, the people who say, ooh, spreadsheets are people who think, and there's probably, maybe there's a there's a horoscope sign that uh, aligns with this <laughs> who think I can't use that because I don't know everything there is to know about it, which is right. how I tend to be in life a little bit. But with mm-hmm. Excel specifically, 
I came to it when I needed it. I figured it out mm -hmm. for what I needed to do. And each job I've sort of added one or two functions or one or two skill sets. But mm -hmm. it doesn't mean everyone who comes on is like, oh, I'm not an expert. Why are you talking to me? And I'm like, no, no, you're an expert in what you do. And that's right. what I want to talk about. Okay. Well, I feel better now. Uh, let's see. So the virtual book tours on there. Um, when I am in charge of event planning or workshop planning and I, um, you know, invite people in and I have like a class or a list of in attendees, if I'm not using something that automatically generates a roster, I create my own rosters with people's names and their contact information. And then perhaps like what, like what they signed up for, or, you know, whatever it is. I can share a little news with your listeners that there's interest in adapting my book for screens. I'll just say that, I'll just say screens. And, um, and my agent, so not my literary agent, but my film and TV agent, we got in um, multiple offers and she sent this massive spreadsheet and I was like, I love you so much. I'm losing my mind over here. I'm so excited about the and spreadsheet so <laughs> and about the offers and about right. the possibility of seeing all this. And the biggest question, which my daughter would ask you is, are you going to be an extra? Like, do you get to be in it? <laughs> well, right now what I'm angling for is to write it. Cause a lot of times when Hollywood adapts your work, you know, it's your intellectual property. You give them the rights and options and, um, but you may not be the writer, but I want to be the writer and I want to, you know, be involved. But I, I, I'm pretty sure at least one of my kids wants to be an extra, which is funny because she's my most introverted kid, but she's always wanted to be an extra on things. On thing. It's weird. Like people, movies, she'll read where movies are coming to Pittsburgh and she'll be like, I think I'm going to go and try and be an extra. Has, she's has been she? in one. So my aunt, my aunt does it regularly. Like my, that's, yeah. so my aunt is actually a therapist, but she has mm -hmm. a flexible schedule and has made sort of this like retirement career out of being, and it. they don't call themselves extras. They call them background actors. Oh, and there's another name for them too. Oh shoot. I can't remember. There's like even fancier name that oh. I've heard, oh. but background actors. I like that. Uh -huh. So she sent this massive spreadsheet of like every component of the deal and it's huge because there's lots of components and then she put in you know what the offers were and then she created a new column to show like what our counter offers were and then like and she's wielding this whole huge thing so I will give you her information because I think she would make a great guest that would be um, awesome. so you know you should also ask for producer credit right yes like, okay yes. okay <laughs> yes executive I, producer credit uh -huh, as well uh -huh. yep so i um when i submit to for fellowships or or you know publications submitting my work there's something called submittable where you actually track it tracks it for you but what i created was a spreadsheet where i list each publication whatever their guide you know sort of like a synopsis of their guidelines or a link to their guidelines their pertinent deadlines and any other notes if they pay and whatnot. And that's been great for me, but then it's also been handy to like share with newer writers who are like, I don't know where to send my work. And I'm like, here's like a million places to send your work. I track all of that. When I'm an editor, like I've edited series, I've edited a, a book. I keep spreadsheets of, uh, for people who are submitting to me or like, uh, let's say I send them questions via email. When did I contact them? when are they due to send me things back? And then I'm working with another editor or the, the, the head of this one, um, the founder of this one site. And then she marks like, 
has she created, you know, gotten the photos, you know, what has she done? So we can see at a glance the status. So we're working collaboratively and we can see at any moment, I can tell what she's done, she can tell what I've done. When I was editing this collection called Tender that I worked uh, with my friend Vanessa German on, we co-published and co-edited it. Um, we had we called for submissions, so I tracked the submissions. I have just one spreadsheet for this project with multiple tabs. So the initial submissions, the contact information, what our decision was, and then for those we moved forward, did they turn in their contract? Did they get paid? Do we have their bio? Do we, you know? And so every step of the process, like I've added tabs. Well, sometimes you can just add a column, as you know, but other times it needs a tab. Um, it's been years, and every like when we do readings as a group, you know, I track who got paid, who said yes. I'm not doing as much of this now as I was before, but um, I was taking on writing coaching clients. Once they signed their, their proposal, the contract that I sent them, I would take the things that I agreed to do in the proposal and the things that, they, that were their responsibility, and I put that on a spreadsheet and gave each of us deadlines. Were they intimidated by that, the fact that it was on a spreadsheet or that it was a shared spreadsheet? No, no. I've never had anyone complain. I mean, sometimes people tease me about my spreadsheets, but nobody's ever complained, at least not to my face. Once uh, we were in lockdown, five of my friends and I, we got a shared um, Zoom account. Great. Except we have to make sure we're not all trying to use it at the same time. So we have uh, a calendar that I created that says who, what, when. Uh, my budget is on a spreadsheet. Um, I have a client that's um, a nonprofit in Indianapolis that I do project management for, and I use that I use spreadsheets to help with all of the moving parts of that. Um, we even had like a project management software that we uh, or site that we tried, and it wasn't intuitive for me. And just a plain old Excel spreadsheet or multiple spreadsheets, I like that better. And then I had a client once that I did their social media um, content and I worked with a team in that there was somebody who was actually pushing the content out. I just generated and put it to a schedule and then it was somebody else's job to come and like cut and paste it. And so it was like the date and then here's what you put on Facebook. Here's what you put on IG. Here's what you put on Twitter. And sometimes all three was the same, would be the same thing. And here's where you can find the image that I selected to go with it. So yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. So tell me what's your favorite or biggest problem, project, or program you've tackled mm -hmm. with a spreadsheet. There's a big writers conference called AWP. And for those who don't know, it's the Association of Writing Professionals and Writing Programs, or it might be the other way around, but it's shortened to AWP. And it's like one of the biggest writing conferences. And they, it's very popular. It usually, they'll start with like a couple of like, um, hotels that are affiliated with the conference, but they sell out quickly and then they add a hotel and that sells out and the people are getting Airbnbs and it's a lot. And so um, this particular year I was going to go and it was a kind of a last minute decision. So it was like, where am I going to stay? So it turned out that um, one of, they had added a hotel and I was able to, to get a room and there were like tons of people that were like, let's try and get rooms together. And quickly that hotel, hotel sold out too. So there were four of us that wanted to share room, uh, a room because that's all we had was the one room. So money, I paid for it up front. Everybody needs to pay me back. 
how many nights are you going to stay in which nights? And then we felt like anybody who was, who had to sleep in the chair or sleep on the, like they shouldn't pay as much, but again, different nights. So I built the spreadsheet to figure out all of those. I was, I was wise. I know what I did. Somebody, somebody reached out and it was like, we go, we're going to get two rooms, but either way, somebody was going to have to. So I had like room one and room two Thursday, who's going to be in there. Who's going to be on the sofa or the floor and then putting how much each person would have to pay. Not my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like you've mentioned a little bit earlier and this also the sort of um, the business of writing, right? Like Mm -hmm. the, the behind the scenes, the how many other jobs you have, the how many other things are part of writing. And then AWP, I'm sure it's not just the finding the hotel room, but it's the expense, right? Because not Mm -hmm. everyone has like university backing or whatever. So, I mean, I, a lot of our listeners like me are writers and Excel spreadsheet (laughs) fans. So I don't know if you want to pull back the curtain a little bit more. I think given Mm -hmm. your meteoric rise at the moment in the (laughs) writing world, I think it will probably shock people to learn that you're still doing project management. Like, is that something that you want to talk a little bit more about? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of writers, except the wealthy amongst us, you know, have what I call a a, a patchwork quilt of income. Publishing is kind of fickle, like you may or may not get a big advance. Um, And then even if it's big, is it big like that's a year's salary? And then after that year, then what? You know, and so writers do so many things, as you know, you know, they teach, um, you're trying to get speaking gigs, you take on clients, you do editing and, you know, the business of writing is real and it's, and it can discourage people because a common pattern. And I did this myself was like, okay, I'm going to get a regular job. That's going to essentially buy me time to write. Right. So this job will pay my bills and then I will write at night and on the weekends. And it just doesn't always work out that neatly. I'm not in a meteoric rise pattern, but I will Mm -hmm. tell you that I am Mm -hmm. an, I left my career Mm -hmm. to be an admin at a graduate school seminary. So I am, I don't check my email after work hours. Nobody has my cell phone. (laughs) I, and our schedule, because we have weekend classes for bivocational Mm -hmm. people who are studying to be either bivocational ministers or are working full-time while studying until hopefully becoming a full-time pastor, which is less and less Mm -hmm. likely these days. So uh, my schedule was Tuesday through Saturday. So my kids were in school on Monday and that was my, that was Mm. my writing day. So I Mm -hmm. just, I just lucked into this perfect situation. I know another writer that I met early on when I was starting this um, was like the admin at a dentist's office. So Mm -hmm. she had full benefits, full-time salary, a little bit of a weird schedule because of, you know, Mm -hmm. dental visits, um, but it did allow her, but those are jobs that take up very little brain space. And I left my career, which was in private school admissions and financial aid, which Mm -hmm. was problems at 9 p.m. that needed to be solved before the day started the next day or Mm -hmm. weekend open houses or evening presentations. And it just, and not just the time it was taking, but the headspace. And it's the headspace. But I took a huge pay cut. I mean, I took a Mm -hmm. huge pay cut to buy myself back that time. And I'm Mm -hmm. glad I did. And I talk a lot about the privilege that 
my husband and I saved an immense amount of money before we had children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now we don't save money anymore. <laughs> right. Now we spend <laughs> the money. The kids ate it all up. Super lucky that I was able to walk away from a very well-paying job and career to just have mm -hmm. a day job. But I'm really yeah. glad I did. Not, there's no price on your peace of mind. No price on your peace no. of mind. So you, you said bye-bye day job and you patch, now you patchwork it, which is its own form of stress, right? Because you're right. still patchworking. Yes and no. Yes and no. So my trajectory is like this. I was a stay-at-home mom first. And then I, and that's when I started writing. And then after I got divorced, I wanted to keep writing. And so I was like, how can I make this work? And that's when I started looking at, you know, doing editing and, and other things and also trying to make a living at freelancing, which very difficult if you don't have a partner who can bring in a steady income and pay for health insurance and all of those sorts of things. Um, so I did that for about, I would say a dozen years. Is that right? Yeah, that was about a dozen years from the time I got divorced. Um, so I, the corporate job I had, I started that in 2016 and I never fully stopped doing other things. Even when I had that nine to five, I always kind of had a toe in that other world. And then when I just walked out one day because I couldn't take it anymore, it was like, oh shit, now what? And I was like, but you know what? I hustled before I can hustle again. And, um, and so I was looking to, you know, pick up freelancing again. And then, um, I got this client, this nonprofit client, and I walked out last year, August 28th, and then I got this client in October. And so, and in talking about privilege and luck, you know, um, I, my, my first husband, um, you know, we have a great co-parenting relationship. And so, you know, my kids have always had, will always have health insurance, you know, because of him. Um, so I didn't have to worry about that. And I know for a lot of women in particular, you know, divorce means like financial death. Sorry. Now my dog needs to go out. This is great. Um, <laughs> so, do you want to pause? Do you want to go? I can come with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the lighting may not be great. But that's yeah, fine. We, no, we just need, no, that's fine. I took this. Oh, because it's audio. This is it's cool. audio. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. I tried to take her out before <laughs> we got started and uh, she didn't want to go. What was I saying? I'm completely uh, fine. Women divorce. Oh yeah, it can be like a financial, you know, just financially very scary, and you're kind of, you know, often forced to do things you don't necessarily want to do, and then something like writing or any kind of art feels like a luxury um, because there's nobody that's going to help you take care of your kids. It's just you, <laughs> you know. And so I never had that reality. That was never my reality. Oh my gosh, she's not coming down the stairs. Budgie, come on, you bark to go. <laughs> She's old. And she's like, oh, I guess I'll come downstairs now. So then once I got this contract job, then I started, like the book sold months before I walked away. Okay. Okay. So then I, it was like this whole process of like promoting the book and all of that kind of stuff. Since I left, I've published some other stories. I've published at least one essay. I've taken on some writing coaching clients. Once the book came out, I realized like no more writing coaching clients. Um, and now I'm looking to work on my second book and I'm looking to work on, you know, something for screen. So I'm going to have to pare back the clients eventually. And then I'll be doing what I want to do, which is, you know, I've always wanted to write full time. So yeah. that's 
you know, that's the dream. dream. Yeah, Yeah. that's amazing. I'm so excited for you. I just, thank you. What about limits to spreadsheets? What can spreadsheets Mm -hmm. not do or when have they let you down? I don't feel like I know enough of the cape, you know, like I haven't broached or even approached the capacity or all the things that spreadsheets can do. Mm -hmm. I feel again, like it's very, you know, I'm using it in very basic ways, you know, and that's not a bad thing. Um, But I've never tried to do something with a spreadsheet and thought I need something more than that. I'm sure you've seen project management software. Mm -hmm. And so in theory, that's doing more than a simple spreadsheet can, but I don't like that. So I don't yeah, know. I you're not alone in that. We can we'll get into that a little bit later, but I totally support that. Um, yes, uh, there are, and again, I'm a Libra, so I don't know what that says about me. I know you're not a Libra, but I like to have full control of what's going on. I don't want it hidden behind a glossy dashboard. I want to see what I'm doing in those cells, and I want to be in full control of what's happening. Mm-hmm. You yeah. sound like a Virgo. I'm a Virgo. Uh, I'm a Libra. I'm a Libra. <laughs> I have control issues, but I am a Libra. <laughs> um, what about the silliest thing you've ever used a spreadsheet for? <laughs> Ranking the men I was dating at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like in Friends when when they say that um, Jennifer Aniston had fat ankles. Do you? I, I don't know if you were a Friends. I watch Friends, but I don't remember that. <laughs> there, I think um, Ross was trying to decide between Rachel and someone else, and like the only negative on the on the list for Rachel was fat ankles, and like she couldn't, she saw it and she couldn't let go of it. It was like the only negative thing. So yes, tell me it's more. Just about so wild. Her. That woman had nothing fat on her I know, body. I know. Well, yes, and there. <laughs> I mean, everything about the show was unrealistic, including. Yes. Aniston's flaws. So yes, but um, any, I mean, multiple columns on this ranking sheet of yours? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to share? <laughs> Wanna, you can share or not share. It's up to you. Well, of course, you know, performance ratings were, were, were on there and um, I never really dated. That's the thing. So I met my first husband. Um, our first date was on my 18th birthday. And then when we got married, I was like, I'm trying to think, I, had, I was still 22, but I hadn't even turned 23. So I never really dated as an adult. Um, and so then when we split up, like dating was kind of like an adventure. And, you know, that's when they were like, you know, the, the advent of online dating and apps and things and match.com and eHarmony and all of those. And so that was something like, where did I meet this person? <laughs> like, which of the apps? And it was, you know, it was ultimately depressing because nothing good, you know, came out of any of those. But I just felt, but I was like so overwhelmed because I took like a whole, like the dating that people probably did in their 20s, I did in one year, (laughs) right? So that was a lot. So maybe that's the limitation of a spreadsheet. It can't make a bad man a good man. No, no, that's called magic sorcery. (laughs) Fair enough. Ooh, do you still have that spreadsheet? That's several computers ago. No, because it was pre um, Google Drive. My old dog can't go upstairs, so I've got to actually carry her up the stairs. I feel like I know you so much better now. (laughs) 
whole window. Oh, she's so cute. I'm hauling her like a sack of potatoes. Oh, gosh. She is not white. How old is she? She's 11. Okay. Um, well, we've made it to our rapid fire portion. So Okay, I'm um, going to sit back down for this. Okay. okay. Excel, Google Sheets, something else, sub-question, Mac, PC, tablet, phone. Like, what's your, what's your, what's your poison? Excel for my client, because I noticed that when you try and do something in sheets and then transfer, sometimes it gets messy. So for that client, I'm in Microsoft Teams, I'm in Excel, not ideal. I prefer Google Sheets and I prefer Google Sheets um, on my laptop and also my phone, you know, it just makes it a lot easier. Yeah, so it's interesting. I have not stepped into Teams yet. So a lot of people will say, I really prefer Excel, but I like to be able to share like Google Sheets. And I know that mm -hmm. Teams is out there, but I haven't mm -hmm. tried it yet. You're not missing anything. Okay, okay. okay. You're not. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite command or function in Excel or Google Sheets? Um, it's a favorite command just in general, which is, again, basic. Control F. Oh, to find. find. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And this is the weirdest thing, but there was a point where I, I time when like when I'm reading books and I'm trying to remember where I saw something and I wish, uh, you know, a book you can hold in your hands that I wish that I could do Control F and like where was that? Because uh -huh. there's no index if it's fiction. And yeah. that is that has become. So I much prefer to hold a book in my hand, mm -hmm. but that is the the Control F. That is missing, yeah. and and you're so, I'm so used to it in all of my other life. Like my mm -hmm. my I keep getting these error messages from my computer, and it wants me to restart it. Well, it's my husband's old computer. It's still set up with his password. It just happened right before you and I got on, and I was able mm -hmm. to go into iMessage and put the word password because he had to text it to me like three weeks ago, and mm -hmm. boom, it came up. And yeah, that's the one thing in a book, and especially if I'm planning to review a book. Mm -hmm. Be like, oh, yeah. Take notes, not just in the book, but like, what page was this on? Yes. So that if I want to write about this, I oh, and right. that is. Do you review for Kirkus? I don't. I was okay. pitching two different reviews this summer. Neither of them came okay. to be, but I was prepping as if I was going to review them, but not for Kirkus. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't give okay. you the starred review. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, and I used to not tell people, except like my very closest friends, that I was a Kirkus reviewer. But then Kirkus just published an interview with me and in it, I guess, full disclosure, they felt like they had to mention that I reviewed for Kirkus. Oh. So I was like, oh, well, I mean, obviously I won't tell people which books I reviewed, but yeah, okay. But when yeah, you no. said the page number, I'm like, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, no, that no, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I wish, although actually I don't, because that feels like a lot of responsibility and I, I don't want that kind of power. <laughs> no. Uh, how do you feel about color coding cells or typeface? So I had to look that up because I didn't know what it was. So that's how I feel about it. Like, okay. oh, okay. Okay. And the next question I'm sure is going to freak you out, but we actually already started talking about it a little bit. So do you know what a CRM is? Well, I'm guessing project management software must be a CRM, but I did have... Sort of. Sort so of. CRM okay. is um, a customer relationship management mm -hmm. database. So a lot of the kind of work I do would... Mm -hmm. 
better be done in a CRM, mm -hmm. except I don't like it because I want to, I want to build my own Excel spreadsheet, but it's yeah. like what you were talking about with project management. So it's another yeah. way that it's just, it's a fancy spreadsheet and sometimes fancy spreadsheets aren't better than regular old spreadsheets. Yep. Yeah. I, I never heard of that um, term. So I, I Googled that as well. And I saw that an example of a CRM is Salesforce. Yes. And some of my colleagues at this foundation that I, that's my client, they work with Salesforce. Yeah. I don't. Because they're probably working with donors or, yes. so they're keeping track of people. CRMs basically mm -hmm. keep track of people. So I work in the education field. They keep track mm -hmm. of applicants or enrolled students. But yes, project okay. management is another way that someone might be managing a project and someone right. might say, oh, use this. It'll help you. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I got this. I'm Excel. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't help. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so pivot table, did you also Google? <laughs> I Googled that. Never used it. That's <laughs> totally fine. Um, <laughs> there are people who swear by them and people who are like, oh, I learned that once 10 years ago and I never went back to it. All right. Well, then these are, then we've made it to our final thoughts period. So I okay. am any media, books, movies, shows, podcasts, art, albums that you are loving and want to shout out right now. Yes. So um, two books that I'm enjoying right now aren't available yet they're yeah. available for pre-order but i'm lucky i got advanced copies um the first one is by dantiel montes and it's called milk blood heat and it is a fan like i'm just starting it and already i'm blown away by just the writing and then where i where, i don't know where the story is going but like this big thing that happened in the beginning that i won't give away um but what's what's extra cool about her is that um she's from my hometown of jacksonville florida and we found out we went to the same high school. We were, well, it was like a junior, a combined seven through 12. And when I was a senior, she was in seventh grade. And so we were there at the same time, but we don't remember each other. And um, so anyway, her book is coming out and I think you're going to be hearing a lot about it. And, and then so it's fiction, um, it's long form. Fiction. Yeah, it's a novel, okay. um, Milk, Blood, Heat, and it's set in our hometown. Oh. Yeah. So I'm See, very excited. I have this sort of with Damon Young, who does not know me. Oh. We grew up a mile and a half from each other, like all mm -hmm. of this stuff, but, and I'm older than he is, but I like to mm -hmm. tell people that I grew up a mile and a half from Damon Young. That's like my claim to fame these days. Not well, now that I've interviewed a, you, but yeah. <laughs> well, Damon is a very good friend of mine and he's just wonderful. Like I've known him since our blogging days and that would have been, it's over 15 years that I've known him. And you were mentioning, like, where did you grow up here? So I grew up in Stanton Heights. Okay. Do you, okay. do you even know where that is? Because mm -hmm. some people don't. But so I, I grew up, up up the hill from him, basically. Mm -hmm. He was down at the bottom of the hill. And then I went to Ellis, K through 12. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. And then I, so I graduated high school in 93 and college in 97. So literally mm -hmm. the year you moved to Pittsburgh was the year I never, I never lived there again. <laughs> <laughs> Second book is by a friend of mine, Robert Jones Jr., and um, all over social media, he is son of Baldwin, which I think oh, is such yeah. a cool name. Yeah. And his book, his new book is called The Prophets. It's going to blow your mind. So please pre-order The Prophets and Milk, Blood, Heat. You will not regret it. Fabulous. Ooh, very exciting. All right. And anything you're working on that you want to shout out or your social media handles, or please tell everyone about your amazing book, which I am knee deep in right now. And 
so happy. <laughs> so people can um, find out all things me at DishaFilia.com and on all social media, I'm DishaFilia. On Facebook, um, that's my personal Facebook. I probably won't friend people I know, don't know, but um, there's Disha Filia Writer, which is my, um, my writer page. And uh, I post things there about what I'm working on. And, and uh, right now I'm in the middle of this virtual book tour for The Secret Lives of Church Ladies, which is a collection of nine short stories about Black women, sex, and the Black church. And I am so thrilled that it has been shortlisted for the National Book Award for Fiction. And I'm just over the moon, happy and, and thankful for that. Right now, I want to finish a novel that I started back in 2007. And we actually met initially in the Two-Nighters group. I don't know if you mm -hmm. want to say a little bit about that, because I think that's a yeah. fun place for, I think yeah. it's a really fun place for people who, that, and people might be interested. Yeah, Tonight is um, a site that I was introduced to first as a writer. I was profiled by them. They have something called the Tonight Pen. And then I wrote for them. <laughs> and it was, um, I forget the exact title, but I remember the last line was something like, this is your pussy PSA. And it was like telling people to leave their vaginas alone and not to be like, spraying it and steaming it and douching it and all that kind of stuff and it was a personal essay though but it was also really funny and kind of irreverent but also with good information uh that's how I got on their radar and then um I did a gift guide for them you know I recommended books that you could give us that would be great for gifts and then I worked at two night for a while um as the story editor and that was fun I got to um, interact with a bunch of writers that I didn't know and a few that I already did know and, and had the pleasure of editing them in the two nighters group I'm actually a moderator <laughs> so it's a volunteer position um I stopped being the editor because things got really hectic once my book was nominated and I'm, you know, doing the book promotion, but I'm still one of the moderators there, which is like kind of being like, I was safety patrol in, in elementary school. I don't know if you were, which is just like perfect for a Virgo. Alice doesn't have safety patrol. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. My girls went to your competitor around the corner. Oh, the co-ed the, the co the co one? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I should have known. No safety patrol. Well, I used to have the orange. <laughs> Love yeah, it. I'm, I'm fifth grade. I was a safety patrol. Uh, so this is what it feels like that in two nighters sometimes, you know, uh, um, being the cop inside of a group of 40 plus women who most of the time you know, it's fine. And then sometimes some drama pops off and white women's feelings get hurt really easily, don't they? funny that <laughs> there was a meme that was something like black women endured 400 years of slavery you can handle getting your feelings hurt on the internet or something like that. I mean I really feel like that's the only like there are a lot of really toxic Facebook groups and I mm -hmm. feel like tonight is not one of them that mm -hmm. is really the only thing that comes up but it but when it comes up it it comes up yeah, and we try and crack down on it. Yeah, you know? no, and you're great. You're great. I was brought in. Do you know Penny Wren? Do you know? So mm -hmm. 
So she is personally, but yeah, yeah. So she's a black mm-hmm. woman writer here in Lancaster and she brought mm-hmm. me in the two nighters. So I have felt very careful about like, if I bring anyone in and they start, yeah. trying, uh, that's on me. So I, cause it does tell us who invited. Uh, me. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a huge shout out. It's two night, like Tuesday night, T U E N I G H T. So yeah, everyone buy Disha's book. Cause it's amazing. <laughs> I, I thank the, you. The first story will knock you off your chair. Mm-hmm. A couple nights ago, it was warm enough and weird because it's November to sit out on the porch and read. And I took mm-hmm. it out with me and it had been a rough day. It was re- post-election. And I thought, I am just going to relax into this moment. And I was, it was like, it had the exact opposite effect, but in the best <laughs> way. Like I was so alert. Like, I was I'm like, now. Wait, okay, what's going on here? So just everyone get it. There's no way to oversell this book. It is amazing. Thank you. So get it. All right. And we have made it to our last question, which is your okay. time to ask me a question about anything you want, spreadsheet okay. related or not. Please give me the plot of a horror movie about spreadsheets. Well, it's sort of the UK government, right? Do you, did you hear what happened? <laughs> no. They lost count of their COVID cases because they didn't realize the Excel sheet stopped adding rows. Oh, God. <laughs> and everyone was like, but you wouldn't put them in rows. You'd put them in columns. Like, this is beyond the spreadsheet's fault. This is user error. So, right. yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't watch a lot of horror and I don't have to because the UK government <laughs> is, is the plot of a horror film with spreadsheets. They lost. I, I chose not to dig too deeply into it because it started to make me shake because I will tell right. you that, like, user error is a real thing and it is a real Mm -hmm. thing in spreadsheets and it did sort of start to make me shake in the idea of that like so one of the limitations i think of when i think of spreadsheets is data is just data and it's only as Mm -hmm. good as what you put in and i Mm -hmm. entrust so much of my life over to spreadsheets that the thought that something like that could happen to me personally there was a lot of anxiety and then the thought that it actually did happen to the UK government. Like, You're like, now I feel vulnerable. <laughs> so yeah, that's my horror movie right there. And you know, one thing that has, this, this the last four years, like it pulled back the veil. If you had any thought that adults were running these governments, that capable, decent adults, you know, basic decency, nope, clearly we are all, at risk here. Right. <laughs> right. And for me, one of the things that the last four years really did a number on me, and my, I, my debut young adult came out in 2019. So I was sort mm-hmm. of trying to find an agent, trying to find a publisher while all of this was going on. I'm an activist in mm-hmm. our community and all of this other stuff. Um, imposter syndrome in, mm. the, in relation to what have I held myself back from mm-hmm. that other people are just out there doing whether they're qualified or not and right. we many women of a certain age talk about imposter syndrome as this horrible thing and here i am wanting to give imposter syndrome to certain people to like check them and like maybe that's yeah. just called humility i don't know but so yeah the veil has come all the way yeah. back be less confident <laughs> less confident i mean for real like Yes, be less confident. And yet there's so many women and some men in my life that I wish were more confident. So it's, it's this right. weird 
very weird thing. But yeah, um, user error is a real thing, and I am uh, <laughs> petrified of it. That is a horror story. <laughs> what is it? Real life rivals fiction. Yes. We'll say that. <laughs> yes, that is for sure. And all the stuff that you want to put in your stories that are ripped from your life. And yes. Like, that's not plausible. You're like, oh, you're like, yeah. You You'd be surprised. <laughs> tell you. Um, I saw there was a Twitter conversation. Well, I actually had this happen to me where a story was rejected by an editor. It referenced a school shooting mm. and a teacher's response. And the editor rejected because he said, I hope teachers don't respond that way in the face of something like this. That's not why you reject something, sir. What, what, what? Well, it was slightly veiled fiction <laughs> like very slightly like it was it was how it was handled and mm -hmm. I don't know if he had kids I don't know when the last time he was in a high school I was working in a high school at the time like yeah mm. truth is really scary and yes the story has to support the actions of the characters but I thought that it did and it was actually pretty much true so you know my inner editor is mad about that because even if that editor didn't, didn't think it was plausible. You know, some really great stories essentially ask the question, well, what if this happened? It's the, it's sort of the only way I am able to write. People are like, oh, you're a writer, you're so creative. And I'm like, no, I'm just observant. I'm actually the least creative person you've ever met in your life. <laughs> but I am really good at taking something that happens and either finding a deeper meaning in it, which mm -hmm, is what I'm mm -hmm. doing when I'm writing nonfiction, or mm -hmm. taking a situation and saying, what if this person said this instead of this? Right, right. We joke yeah. that my novel is fan fiction of my own life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I trust that that story, if it hasn't already, will find the right home because I that, that's a did. thing too. Yeah, you know? I think it did. Oh, it mm -hmm. did, you know where it found a home? There's a really wonderful journal that's just for teachers to write oh. fiction and nonfiction. It's called Porcupine Lit. And mm, it is okay. run by three, Monica Prince does the poetry. Um, she's out of Susquehanna University. Hannah Grieco. Great. Yeah, Monica. Oh, yeah, okay. Monica. Yeah, Monica, Monica, <laughs> who's, who I met actually in Pittsburgh last October at the Barrel House, um, it's like a non-conference conference that takes mm -hmm. place in Chatham. So Monica does the poetry, Hannah Griego does the fiction, and a woman whose name I think is Elizabeth James does the nonfiction. And yeah, so okay. it found a home in a journal for teachers, like for educators to talk mm -hmm. about what's going on these days. So yes, it found a lovely home. Yes. Well, that is a happy ending. Yes. Well, thank you. I know you're so, so busy and I appreciate your time so much. And this was fun. Thank you I'm for inviting me. I'm so glad. We need to spread the word of spreadsheets. They are not yes. horrible, boring things. And actually, you and I use them for words. So like I have mm -hmm. decided in life there are number spreadsheet people mm -hmm. and word spreadsheet yes. people. And I am a word spreadsheet person. It sounds like you are a word spreadsheet person. I'm both. I'm both. That's the thing. I am a numbers person. I love numbers. I was a kid that loved math and math homework in school. And so I guess both parts of the brain are going, just remember it. I participated in the Texas Book Festival Literary Death Match. Yes. And at the end, the final round 
was it was literary but it was books that had numbers in the title or something and you had to solve a math problem with them and they said you can use calculators well i immediately opened up a spreadsheet i can't believe i didn't tell you this at the top of the show and <laughs> sorry it's fine um, it's perfect <laughs> so they said you could you know so i immediately opened up a spreadsheet and then when they came to you know they we were going head to head with somebody and I don't think this person knew how to divide a series, three numbers. And it was like equal number, divide, number, divide. And I, and I said the answer and they were like, yes. So I didn't win the death match, but I got my teammate to the finals with that. Wow. Yes. Wow. See, my problem with math, I like that in math, there are definitive answers until you get into like mm -hmm. the higher level math. I am convinced that if I were a kid today, they would do testing on me to find out what my glitch is. And mm. my, my glitch is related to not being able to estimate or hold numbers in my head. Mm. Mm -hmm. So when I was hired to run the financial aid program for a private school, oh my gosh, I told the, the, the head of school, listen, I'm perfect for this. One, because I have compensated with my lack of numbers by knowing how to use spreadsheets really well. Mm -hmm. So in my work life, I use spreadsheets for numbers, not in my personal mm -hmm. life. But also, I don't remember anything. So when a parent walks into school, I don't see their net worth flashing above their head because right. I literally have no idea what their net worth is, even if I calculated it yesterday on a spreadsheet. Right because the numbers stay in the spreadsheet. Mm -hmm, and he would walk mm -hmm. by me and say like, where are we with the, the financial aid budget? And I would say, give me a minute, I'll look it up. And he'd say, ballpark it for me. And I'd say, 63 million. And he's like, Jamie, we only have 4 million. And I was like, right. I told you. Let me look it up. <laughs> I'll be in your office with the exact number in five seconds. So yeah, they let me run a financial aid program even though I am not a numbers person because Excel does it for me. Thank you so much. This was such You're a pleasure. Welcome. I'm so excited that I got to spend some time with you and everyone by Disha's book. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening today. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review everywhere you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter at column underscore pod. Special thanks to Nora Grace and Josiah for our theme song, Sam Schindler for editing and production, Nick Peterson for additional music, and you for listening. Have a great day.